You are on the Crooked Mile. Join Ed on another fabulous adventure. Thanks very much. Thank you. Welcome everyone and Happy New Year. And yes, you have found the Crooked Mile. So, let's just get right into it. Rutherford B. Hayes was the 19th president of the United States. And by all accounts, he had a pretty rough go of it getting into office after the election. See, first of all, he lost the popular vote by about 250,000 votes. So Hayes' election depended upon the contested electoral college votes in Louisiana, South Carolina, and Florida. Boy, this sounds very familiar. And it was a pretty, pretty big deal. It took a special commission, several months, and some serious compromises, and who knows what all else, but finally, he got in. Hayes had some good things going for him before and after he entered politics. I mean, he, he fought in the Civil War, was wounded, I, I guess he was wounded pretty severely, but while in service, he rose to the rank of Major General. Now, while still serving in the Army, his party ran him for the House of Representatives. He accepted the nomination, but declined, more, more rather, refused to campaign, explaining that an officer fit for duty, who at this crisis would abandon his post to an electioneer, ought to be scalped. A serious sense of duty and honor going on there, I think. After being elected president, Hayes managed to ruffle the feathers of members of Congress on both sides of the aisle by insisting that cabinet members and other appointments must be made on merit, not by political considerations. And among other things, Hayes sought to bring to the executive mansion dignity and honesty. I mean, who is this guy? Okay, so now... On November 2nd, in 1880, a large crate, a huge crate, arrived at the White House. The president, the staff, and everyone else at the White House had no idea what was inside, as no one was expecting any deliveries that day. So President Hayes stood by and looked on as the workmen opened a huge crate. I mean, picture that. That wouldn't happen today. He's standing there as these guys open this crate. And when they got it open... Inside was the most beautiful desk the president had ever seen in his life. It was made from dark oak with repeating car panels all around. The president was delighted, but still, whoever sent it remained a mystery. Okay, well, let's see. Earlier, back in 1852, a rescue mission was launched by the British Royal Navy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's go back a little further. In 1845, British naval officer and explorer Sir John Franklin left England with two ships, the Airbus, I believe I'm saying that right, and the Terror, and a crew of 24 officers and 110 men. They were signed to traverse the last unnavigated section of the Northwest Passage in the Canadian Arctic. The expedition, however, met with disaster. Both ships became icebound in the Victoria Strait near King William Island. And after being icebound for more than a year, the two ships were abandoned in April of 1848. 
At this point, according to all reports, Sir Franklin and about two dozen other men had died. The survivors, now led by Franklin's second command, Francis Crozier, set out across the ice for the Canadian mainland and disappeared. Not much of the ill-fated vessels was known to the British government. All they really knew was that the expedition was missing. So the British government sent dozens of missions out in search of the ill-fated vessel, but to no avail. Then, back to where we were at, in 1852, another rescue mission was launched by the Royal Navy. The mission this time was led by Captain Belcher aboard Her Majesty's ship Resolute. Well, the Resolute ended up getting icebound herself and was abandoned by her captain and crew. The HMS Resolute drifted as a ghost ship for about a year until she was discovered by a U.S. whaling ship about 1,200 miles from where she was abandoned. After her discovery, the whaler then hooked on to the ghost ship and towed her to her home in Connecticut, which is amazing to me. I mean, that whole deal's got to be just a fascinating story in and of itself, because now, I'm not sure on this, but where there are ghost ships, there are probably ghosts. And real or imagined, ghosts are real. And we've all heard sailing stories are full of ghosts and superstitions and sea monsters and giant white whales. And shoot, back then, and who knows, maybe even today, sailors tattooed the words hold fast across the top of their fingers to help them hold on tight. So I'm thinking there's some things that you probably just shouldn't mess with, especially out on the open sea. But anyway, at this time in history, the U.S. and the British maintained a fragile and uneasy relationship. We were not the best of friends. And the British people were none too happy about the news that an American whaler, of all things, managed to do what the Royal Navy could not. The American public, on the other hand, well, they were thrilled. And, of course, a U.S. whaler could do what the Royal Navy could not. They were just thrilled to have taken such a prize. Now, back in England, Queen Victoria, in an effort to calm the popular outrage of her people, released all claims to the Resolute. And, in turn, the U.S. Congress purchased the ship from the whaling company. Congress then, to their credit, had her rebuilt and refit to perfection. The Congress, along with the blessing of the American people, returned the Resolute back to the Queen as a token of goodwill. After that, the HMS Resolute stayed in service for another 20 years before being decommissioned. But before she made it to the boneyard, Queen Victoria had an idea. She ordered that the best timbers of the ship be saved and worked by master naval craftsmen into two desks, one for her at Buckingham Palace and its twin to be given to the President of the United States. Yes, President Hayes was delighted, but he didn't know who sent it until he saw the brass plaque that read, HMS Resolute, forming part of the expedition sent in search of Sir John Franklin in 1852, was abandoned in latitude 75 degrees 41 minutes north, longitude 101 degrees 
22 minutes west on 15th May 1854. She was extricated in September 1855 in latitude 67 degrees north by Captain Buddington of the United States whaler George Henry. The ship was purchased, fitted out, and sent to England as a gift to Her Majesty Queen Victoria by the President and the people of the United States as a token of goodwill and friendship. The plaque goes on. It says, This table was made from her timbers when she was broken up and is presented by the Queen of Great Britain and Ireland to the President of the United States as a memorial of the loving kindness which dictated the offer of the gift of the Resolute. So, wow. Too cool, if you ask me. And I mean the whole story, because how many stories are inside this story? I mean, the ghost ship. I mean, these are real people. These are real guys. You know, the guys that abandoned the ship who disappeared and the guys who found the ship and the guys who worked on the ship and the, the guys who built the desks and, and the workmen who opened the crate. I mean, there are just so many stories within this story. It's just too cool. But even, even more, for me, it's, it's a great reminder to remember our history. And forgetfulness is probably one of the greatest enemies to our future. Meaning, meaning, what I mean is, the more clearly we can see when we look to the past, the clearer our sight becomes when forging our future. But even more than that, it's just a great story about forging lasting friendships and kindness. I thank you all for joining us. Thanks for listening. Until next time.